Good morning. Welcome to worship. Our gospel today is from the 10th chapter of John, beginning at verse 22. Glory to you, O Lord. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ? Tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I invite you to uh, pray with me uh, the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation today. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I stand before you today as a forgiven sinner, as one of you. And that's how the church has been uh, going on now for the last 2,000 years. Talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. It's that Sunday in our church year. On this specific Sunday, every year, we hear words from the 10th chapter of John. If you read the entire chapter, the 10th chapter of John, it is filled with all kinds of imagery of sheep and shepherd. Tenth chapter of John talks about gates and entrances for the sheep. Jesus talks about pastures where the sheep are led by the shepherd, led by the shepherd into pastures for nourishment and for encouragement and shelter. And Jesus also speaks about his voice, the voice that the sheep hear calling them, and they recognize that voice. Our passage today speaks of people gathered in the temple. Jesus again is there teaching and having conversation. And for those of those he had engaged with today, he references those who hear his voice and belong to his flock. And yet he also refers to others who do not belong because they do not believe. The New Revised Standard Version translates and uses the phrase, when referring to some of the people Jesus is talking with, he says, you do not belong to my sheep. I think, it's, I think it's important for us to maybe spend a little bit of time today thinking about that whole idea of what it means to belong. Ever since I can remember, which I think is getting less and less, but ever since I can remember, I can say without hesitation that I have always belonged 
I have always been a part of a faith community. Started with my parents. I've showed you my pins. I've showed you my bars. I've got perfect attendance in Sunday school for at least eight years of my life. And that was back in the day when perfect attendance was perfect. And if you weren't there, you had to have a note from either the Sunday school superintendent of the church you were visiting or a note from the pastor, or you had to have a note from the doctor that said you were deathly ill. Belonging and being a part of a faith community, that, for me, was the easy part. But hearing the voice and discerning the voice of Jesus... That was the more fragile, shaky, and questionable part of my journey. And even to this day, in many respects, it still is. And I would venture to say that if you say it's easy to believe these days, I would say maybe you're, you're fooling yourself. A few weeks ago, on Passion Sunday, I quoted a pastor. Her name is Stephanie Perdue. She's an adjunct professor at... Garrett Theological Seminary in Evanston, Illinois. She's also a pastor of a church in that, in that community. It happens to be the seminary where my daughter Grace is graduating from. I like what she wrote. She says that forgiven sinners, forgiven sinners seeded the faith of the church that formed from the tree of Golgotha. Forgiven sinners seeded the faith of the church that formed from the tree of Golgotha. She also wrote... She said that forgiven sinners are what comprise the church and that there are no other disciples to choose from. It's just you and me, folks. We're it. It's like I said a couple weeks back during Passion Sunday, if you're looking for the perfect pastor or the perfect Christian to lead you, that person doesn't exist. We're in it together, folks. It's you and me, and we're all just forgiven sinners. You and I have been and we continue to be a part of and we belong to That long list of disciples that comprise the church of forgiven sinners. And you know, when you think back on that, let's just just imagine that for a minute. We're talking about a church now, the Church of Jesus Christ. It's been in existence now for 2,000 years. That truly is a miracle, isn't it? It's a miracle in and of itself. That somehow we, as forgiven sinners, who have comprised the church, that that has stayed a vibrant and alive and growing and thriving for 2,000 years. That the grace of God and the working of God's grace, it's been preached and it's been proclaimed imperfectly, as I often do. Even as I stand before you now, I'm probably preaching to you, I know I'm preaching to you imperfectly, and I certainly don't have perfect voice, and I don't have all truth. I just simply stand before you as a forgiven sinner telling you about Jesus. I think that's a wonder. I think that that's, speaks about God's divine intervention and God's divine inspiration that we as a church even continue to have our being. And yet that's the power of God. That's the power of God to love and to forgive and to accept us And to make it possible for us again to come together and be this community together that we belong to. So I wonder, I want to ask you a few questions. Where has your journey of belonging and coming to believe, where has it taken you over all of the years of your life? I hope that you take some time to think about that. 
Where has your journey of belonging and coming to believe taken you? How has your journey of discernment and hearing the voice of Jesus, how has that been for you? Has it been rough or has it been easy? Has it been crystal clear or has it been fuzzy? Have you often wondered whether or not you're even listening or hearing the voice and discerning the voice of God or has it just always been so crystal clear that there's absolutely no doubt in your mind? Like I said earlier, the belonging part for me has always been the easy part of this journey. But for me, it has been a faithful process of just simply showing up. That's half the the process is just simply showing up. It's, just, it's a process of showing up, but it's also a process of being and doing our part to be a part of what it means to be a part of a community. I'm still looking forward to the day. Maybe we should extend a challenge. Let's see now. Can we set a date? Let's see. What date could it be? Maybe like September 15th of 2022. We're going to send out a notice to every single member of Mount Olive Lutheran Church, and we're going to say we want everybody to show up on that day. You think that's possible? You think we could get every single 500 plus members of our church to show up at one time? Wouldn't that be wonderful and fabulous? Wouldn't that be overwhelmingly inspiring to see us gather together, all 500 plus of us, to gather in one space? We probably wouldn't be able to fit everything in here in that one time in one space, but it would be a a wonderful event, wouldn't it? To just simply see people show up. I can tell you that I've always been drawn to, and it's always been a priority for me, that wherever I go, and wherever I have lived, that I seek out and I find a Christian faith community. And one of the reasons why I do that is because I'm, I'm looking for a place that will continue to feed me and nourish me and sustain me in my faith journey. What causes that? What causes that to happen in me? What has, what, what has caused that to happen in you as you have you know, lived in various places around either the country or the world and you've sought out places where you feel a sense? It, to me, it has everything to do with that sense of belonging, being a part of something, being a part of something where we feel as though a difference is being made in the world. And for me, one of those places is a faith community. But I also believe that it has something to do with the nudging and the prodding of the Holy Spirit. Not so much my own need or my own desire, but I think it has a lot more to do with the prodding of the Holy Spirit. But maybe it's a combination of both. The showing up and belonging part of faith has always been the easier part for me. The believing part of faith came more slowly. And it was and it continues to be a daily process. I believe that every single day is another day for us to have the opportunity to believe. You know, Martin Luther got it right when he said, I cannot by my own understanding or reason come to believe in my Lord, but it's through the gift of the Holy Spirit that enlightens me and with his gifts each and every day that makes it possible for me to even blurt out those words that I believe. And that is a daily process. Throughout my life, I have come to believe and understand that that seed of faith it was planted in me, and I've been, it's been ingrained in me that it was, that seed of faith was planted in me at my baptism. That Jesus, in my baptism, even though I was not consciously aware of it at the time, Jesus took up permanent residency within me. And that same thing happened to you. Jesus has taken up 
permanent residency within you. And you have been given a promise that Jesus will always be with you. And you were also given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit continues to help us in our journey to discern, this, to discern the voice of Jesus on this journey that we're on each and every day. And that that planting and that that cultivating of that Holy Spirit giftedness that's been given to us, for many of us, it has been a process in and of itself. And it has taken, for many of us, it has taken a village. It has taken a whole bunch of forgiven sinners through their imperfect words and actions of grace and forgiveness Along with that word that you just heard read, we have all been gifted and we have been made possible for each of us to come to believe. I know if it wasn't for that village of people out there that has been with me in my walk of faith, I would not be able to be where I am today. God's word is filled with a plethora of images. That word that comes to us each and every day. That word is filled with a plethora of imageries and metaphors. And we think about some of the voices in Scripture that have spoken to us along our way on our journey. And one of those, one of those, un, one of those forgiven sinners that has spoken to us through the Scriptures is King David. And all of us know the story of King David. King David was not even remotely a near-perfect person He was imperfect in so many different ways. And yet he has been coined as the author of the Psalms. And he provides for us some beautiful imagery. And today that assigned passage that we have before us today is Psalm 23. Many of us know Psalm 23 by heart. And one of the reasons why we know Psalm 23 by heart is because when we hear it and when we read it and when we take those words into us, we say to ourselves, that's me. I can relate to these words from King David in the 23rd Psalm because those words are the words that I find myself speaking so often myself. They speak to the very heart and soul of who we are. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Wow, I wish I could do that right now. You know, I remember fondly as a kid, I lived on the edge of town in Webster, South Dakota. And I would oftentimes just go out into the local farmer's field and just kind of hang out. And on those beautiful summer afternoons, I would just go and lay on the grass in the pastures, wood ticks and all. And you ever laid down on the grass and just laid on your stomach and just (sighs) smell the grass, the freshness, the greenness. Grass has kind of that unique aroma. I can't even describe it. But you know what I mean, don't you? You can smell it right now. Your senses are telling you, I know exactly what that smell of grass is. Especially after a fresh rain. And you go out and you smell that grass. I've laid in that grass. I've taken naps in the pastures of South Dakota. I've ran my fingers through the blades. You ever notice that on the one side it's smooth and on the other side it's got kind of that rough little fuzziness on the back side? I've walked through prairie grass fields where the grass is taller than me. What a wonderful experience. A natural grass, prairie grass. I've pulled those long stems and taken and just kind of sucked on the the stem, tasted that grassy 
flavor in your mouth and that moisture that comes out of the grass. How many times have you, can you remember sitting beside still waters on a lake or in a boat or in a canoe or a kayak and just simply experience the tranquility and the peacefulness of those still waters? Or how many times have you found yourself looking upon those still waters and seeing the beauty of the imagery of the landscape around it in that perfect reflection in the water, in its perfect stillness. We hear the words of King David and we say to ourselves, that's me, I've experienced that. I've also had some of my deepest, darkest valleys in my life, grieving the loss of my dad, my mom, my closest friend. And there have been many other valleys in a variety of reasons in my life. And some of those valleys were long and dark and hard. And when I hear the psalm of King David in Psalm 23, I say to myself, that's me. I've been there. And through all of those experiences of life and faith, the one thing that has remained constant through it all is the presence of Christ with his ever-present grace, his ever-present forgiveness, his ever-present compassion and empathy and mercy for me. Even when I've fallen away and seriously questioned the presence of God in the midst of those moments of unbelief, the presence of Christ continues to remain constant because Jesus has taken up residence within me. And I love the words of Stephanie Perdue, who I spoke on Passion Sunday. She says, none of our unfaithfulness will ever negate God's grace. Hear that again. None of our faithfulness will ever negate God's grace. Jesus confers his kingdom on each of us because, not because of our perfection, but despite of our imperfections. She goes on, she says that forgiven sinners comprise the church and there are no other disciples to choose from. I've heard and I've seen and I've experienced the voice of the shepherd through the very word of God and through the words and the actions of more forgiven sinners than I can even begin to count. And I would certainly hope that you would take some time today to think about some of those forgiven sinners that you have heard the voice of God and the voice of Jesus speak to you. I think it's only appropriate that we thank Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for their passion to share Jesus with us. Thank you for the former persecutor of Christians, the Apostle Paul, who had that conversion experience on the road. He became an inspiration and a teacher and a witness to the church. What about that Christ-denying Peter? We all know what Peter did. He eventually came to the realization that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, who overcame death in the grave and who rose from the grave, resurrected, and made it possible for him to go on and to preach Christ with boldness and confidence. Eventually it cost him his life. And for me personally, thank you, Emery. Thank you, Emery Johnson, for lavishing me with the love of Christ when I needed to hear it most in my life. Thank you for Pastor Nyer Ernest for being the presence of Christ in my life and teaching me what it means to see every person as a child of God, regardless of race, color, or national origin, or even anything that has to do with their circumstances in life. Thank you, Luther, my good friend Luther, for walking beside me in ministry and teaching me about absolute and complete trust in Jesus only always. These are just some of the many forgiven sinners who have journeyed with me and have been a part of my journey to hear and to see and to discern the voice of the shepherd Jesus. Who are those persons and those voices in your life who have been that nurturing, supportive, loving, and gracious voice of Christ in your journey to belonging and to believing. 
I hope that you take some time to reflect and think upon who some of those people are as your belonging and believing journey continues. In the midst of it all, let us take with us these words of assurance and confidence and grace, the words of Jesus himself who assures us with a promise that my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. No one will snatch them out of my hand and what my Father has given me is greater than all else and that no one can snatch that out of my Father's hand. Those words are all the more reason to want to be a, lo- be, to be a part of something that we belong to and what we believe in. Amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer the Father has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace and tell what God has done. Thanks be to God.